This is Tim Mason. And I'm Mark Blood. Welcome to episode four of Blood, Sweat, and Tim. Live from Crystal Pick Studios in Fairport, New York, it's another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Tim with your hosts, Mark Blood and Tim Mason. Mark, have I got a topic for you, your favorite thing in life? Well, I have many favorite things. Okay. Beer. Oh, that's right up there, Tim. I yep, knew it was. Absolutely. I knew it was. We often talk about the ginger ale and a beer and how all this, how we solve the world's problems, right? That's right. I have a beer and Tim has a ginger ale. That's right. Well, I'm really pleased to have in the studio with us today Tim Garman, who's the founder of Fairport Brewing Company. For those of you who don't know, it's located at the Four Corners in Fairport. If you've been buying a Friday night, Thursday night, Wednesday night, any night of the week, really, right? You see those uh, people sitting outside by the fireplaces having great conversation, enjoying a nice little uh, farm brewed beer. Absolutely. So, um, Tim, you started the business, I think, in 2012, 13? That's actually when we were licensed officially. We started the business in December of 2010, so it's a seven-year story. Wow. Well, and I know that what's going to be important to the people who are listening to this podcast may be the whole concept of Kickstarter and how uh, you guys kind of came to market uh, uh, that way, looking for support from not only the community, but investors and other people. And I'm really interested in that story. Can you go back to 2010 and kind of tell us what, uh, how Fairport Brewing Company was born? Absolutely. So it's really the story of a couple middle-aged guys and uh, making beer in plastic buckets, five gallons at a time, getting involved, our neighbors, and uh, people just really like the beer. Of course, beer is very social, so it gives you, it gives you a chance to talk to people. And um, we were encouraged to uh, move forward. Um, we we always wanted to take the next step because you know you want to you want to make better beer. You need more equipment to do it. And um, so we graduated from five gallons to fourteen gallons after about a seven thousand uh, dollar purchase. And uh, and we knew it was too small back then, but. We were, we were setting up camp as a microbrewery, and we were actually Rochester or Monroe County's fourth. And um, it's a really good story because um, from there, it's, it's been running. We've been running ever since. Um, it never ends. Um, lots to do and uh, lots of beer to make. But um, from there, we did this thing called a Kickstarter. And Kickstarter was really big going back 2012. Once we had our um, all of our licensing together from TTB, from the state of New York. And I know that wasn't real easy. It's not easy, especially when you're like one of the first ones in. Um, we were going for our microbrewery license, and it was taking forever. I actually dialed in our, our congresswoman locally to see if she could help us out. And, you know, it's interesting. We got a decision like the next day. So... Um, Good you know, phone call. Whatever you have to do, you know. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you just uh, you just plow forward. So, um, so, so Tim, with Kickstarter, Kickstarter is the the way to uh, raise equity investment, to raise capital, to be able to uh, grow a business that that may be a conventional business or an unconventional business. Um, in terms of the Kickstarter of your idea, which is really not about raising capital, where did uh, where'd your interest come from? 
you mean using Kickstarter as a no in medium? terms of how how did you get brewing connected beer. to brewing beer and started to yeah just started as a home it. home brewer and really liked it. There wasn't a lot of um, really good stuff available, you know, commercially at the time, and uh, <clears throat> we just liked our recipes, you know, and they they were potent. Now, was there a specific brand that you guys started with? I know you have over fifty brands or you know different tiles of beer now. What was the, where'd you start? We tried we tried a whole bunch of different ones, but um, like the Raiders Red was one of the first ones, like a Trail Town Nut Brown, you know. Um, I always liked the darker beers, but we experimented with. Belgians, you know, anything, IPAs, you know, I mean, yeah, it just kept going because there's a lot of different types of beer that you can make. So let's talk about the Kickstarter because I'm real yeah. interested in how, yeah. you know, that came about and I know it's a success story from there on. Yeah. So Kickstarter is actually about raising money. It's not about equity. Um, nobody gets a equitable position in your company. It's basically you're taking donations. It's a it's a um, it's a great way if you've got a good idea to raise money, but not tons and tons of money. Um, our goal, I think, was twenty five thousand. We we raised uh, over twenty six thousand in thirty days. Um, and again, beer being really social, we had a lot of people to talk to. Was it family and friends? Was it uh, yeah, people it was in anybody. the community? It was I mean, anybody. I mean, like, like I said, I think there was 208 people that donated to us. But once you got your video together and you started going out promoting it, it's an all or nothing thing. That's what I like about Kickstarter. For me, you know, my background is, is medical device, 100% commission. If you don't sell, you don't eat. So, um, you know, so I kind of liked that platform, but I got to tell you, it was tough. It was tough because every day you're, you're tracking your numbers, just like your boss would at work. You know, it's all about the sales. It's all about the, the run rates, the trending. And you got to get out there and you got to go to different bars and set up and do tastings and things like that. But, you know, again, we were like first out of the gate, you know, for, for small brewery to do that around here. So we may have had some luck. You know, so just tell us the rest timing. of the story now. You know, you, you get your twenty five grand, and then what'd you do? Then we we put in a purchase offer for uh, for a new brewery. You know, we went from fourteen gallons to uh, to um, you know basically a hundred gallons, three barrel, and um, and just scaled it up. It's still it was still too small, but you know we were really focused on um, uh, getting a retail location. Um, interesting thing happened. Um, as we were doing our Kickstarter, and we, we it took me about two years to negotiate with the village of Fairport for our location over at uh, 99 South Main Street. The village owned the property. We wanted it. I had to do presentations to kind of sell them on the idea of, you know, I think the highest and best use would be a small brewery. And, um, and for us at the time, going for a, a microbrewery license, it would allow us to do growler fills, and that's it. Um, at that time, I was also talking, I spent eight months talking with the State Liquor Authority, and, uh, and they told me exactly what I needed to do to take our retail from 1000 Turk Hill Road or a quarter mile down the road and move it to um, our growler fill station at 99 South Main Street. <clears throat> the, um, the interesting stuff that happened was, and, and not a lot of people know about this, is State Liquor Authority spent all that time telling me all the paperwork I needed to fill out. And at the time, we had negotiated a lease with the village, and we started our, we started our uh, 
our, our demo and, and, you know, what we were going to do there. So we took, you know, ownership of the, of the property. Um, the, the press releases went out, and everybody expected Fairport Brewing to be on that corner. Well, when I finally got the paperwork done and we were about ready to move in, it had to go to New York City, then back to Albany, and then back to Buffalo for a decision. I thought we had everything in place. And uh, I got a call from Buffalo, and they said, you can't do this. I said, what do you mean? You've been telling me for eight months we can do this. So what do you think the next step is? You call an attorney and you say, I'm going to sue the, the state liquor authority for misinformation. But um, at the time, Governor Cuomo had, had created this thing called a farm brewery license that actually relaxed the, um, the regulations so that you could do things like that. And, and we became Monroe County's first farm brewery. And that... There's some ruling about, not ruling, but you have to use 100% New York State or there's an ongoing increase, yeah, it's, right? It's a, it's, it is an increase over time, yeah. Uh, today it's New York 20, State ingredients, 20, 20%, right? yep. We're growing agriculture in New York State. We're helping out, uh, you know, our neighbors, basically. You know, I mean, the hop farmers are, you know, there's hop farmers in uh, Farmington. They're Batavia. I mean, they're all over the place. And, um you know, so that's the name of the game is to try and keep the money in New York State. It's been pretty successful. I sit on the um, the New York State uh, Farm Brewery Committee for the Brewers Association, and we kind of we we have monthly meetings or you know call-ins, and uh, we talk about hops and grain and all that stuff. It's been very successful. So, so with Kickstarter, is there is there there's kind of an initial round? You went through your initial round and you you raised your twenty five thousand dollars. Is there there's something that comes after it, or are you just in once? No, you're in once. It's one round, and again, it's not equity. It's right. donations. So what are you what are you giving up? You're giving up different levels. You you know, for five dollars, you get a you get a, a high five, an electronic fi- high five. For you know, for five thousand, you know, you can name your own beer and make it with us, and we'll we'll you know get it registered with the TTB and things like that. So you got to you got to be really creative. To pull something like that. So, off. so what were were those some of the creative ways you went about the, the prize, so to speak? Absolutely. The the yes, in return for donations, we would give T-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, um, you know, naming of beers, things like that. And and again, you know, I mean, you don't get too many people that are going to invest or or donate five grand, but uh, but you get a lot of people who say, you know, I want a, a hat, I want a T-shirt, whatever. So not only did you leverage the community, if you will, and that's not in a negative way, you leveraged your family, friends, people around who knew Fairport, who knew you, yeah. all that stuff to raise this $26,000. Yeah. But you've also made a business out of this community. I mean, I think in a positive way. It's not like you've taken advantage of it because all your beers are named after different things in the community. You can't, You have all this community um, entertainment that comes in. I mean, talk about how you've built this thing, because to me, that's the magic, okay? I mean, being a Fairport person, I grew up in Fairport, I went to school in Fairport, I go there, it's like a reunion half the time I'm there, which is really cool. It is cool. Um, It all starts with a vision. The vision happened back in 2010 when we were bottling in in a, you know, in a kitchen of one of my rental properties. And the vision was to create something that this community would be proud to call its own. So that's my constant challenge as we, as we kind of grow, um, is to keep everybody focused on that. And we want people to have a really great experience at our place. And of course, we want to give back to the community. And, and I think, you know, people who know us, 
they get it. You know, we give to everybody that asks, you know, um, we're, we're giving out beer tokens on a, on a daily basis for all sorts of charities and we get hit up a lot. And you've even named all your beers after, you know, I yeah, think that's kind of yeah, cool. It's, I was, it's I was laughing when you said, you know, talking to the, the Fairport Village and the town and everything else. I mean, you named a beer after a former mayor. We did. We did the Peter J. Double IPA, yeah. And 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 so yes, we got political. <laughs> but but I gotta tell you, uh Peter McDonough was uh was a great guy. He did a lot for this uh for this uh this village. Park the snowplow on the or threatened to smart yes. the park the snowplow on the railroad tracks yeah, unless they yes, fixed it, right? Absolutely. And back in the day, Tim, I d I don't know if you remember, those railroad tracks were terrible. They were terrible. There would be mufflers laying on the <laughs> on the side of the road for people who went a little too fast, you know, and lost their muffler. But um but that was neat, yeah. So we we do. We try to tie in as much fairport as we can. And, and we have fun with it. We actually, at this point, we're doing research. You know, we've got the Santini Stout. We've got, um, I think one of my coolest names is, um, is Third Bunker. And uh, there was actually three bunkers in, in Parrington that were used uh, for training of World War uh, I um, troops. And uh, they, would throw, uh, they would throw flour um, at, to simulate, you know, a bomb going off. And if you got it on yourself, you know, if you didn't take cover and you got it on yourself, well, you were, you were injured. So there's a lot of creativity that goes into this business as well. I mean, not only in the artistry of brewing, but even in the branding and everything else you guys have done. Absolutely. I mean, we just did a, we just did a 5k a couple weeks ago called the scum jumper 5k. And now tell you about, have to talk about that and what well, that is. In the history books. And when I was a kid and maybe when you were a kid, uh, you know, not a, not a lot of people had pools, so uh, they would jump off the Parker Street Bridge into the canal to cool off, and it was called scum jumping. And the, and the the history has it that that uh, that uh, somebody actually jumped jumped through the dead carcass of a cow. And and you know what? Anybody who travels the, the Erie Canal on bike, you're going to see some dead animals in the canal. So it's it's kind of believable. So, so you're in a uh, you're in a world that's v become very competitive over that seven year period of time. Oh, yeah. um, lots of microbrewers, lots of people that are are entering uh, your world. How do you look at that marketplace and figure out what's the next step? Well, it's all about it's all about um, making your own math. Um, for us, we're we're small. We're small. Uh, the farm brewery license will allow us to open up four more locations like we've got across the street. Um, but we, we, we take it slow. We take it slow. We're not doing, um, we're not doing any more uh, wholesale, so we're not competing on the shelves of Wegmans. But um, we, our goal is to bring people into Fairport. And, and so the, the local touch is, is the connection to the customer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people, you know, are traveling the Finger Lakes that come into Fairport. I mean, in the summer, I mean, we're packed. We're packed. There's a lot of tourism that's going on in Fairport. And, uh, you know, we can tell by looking at our uh, analytics, you know, how many new people are coming in. And the numbers are pretty astounding. I think the bad. other things about line extension or product extension, right? And I know that... that uh, Timbucha Kombucha has uh, really taken off, and that kind of was also born out of the whole farm brewery and the distillery and everything yep. else yep. that you have. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how sure. that, where that's going? Because what is that, about two years old, I'd say now? Barely, barely, yeah. Um, actually, in November, December, it'll be, well, next week, right? Um, two years old, and uh, we didn't go commercial with it until January of 2016, 
Um, it's just been a, it's been one of those beverages that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, before. can you tell people what that is yeah, for kombu- those who don't know? Kombucha is a two thousand year old uh, health beverage that uh, you know was probably um, originated in Manchuria, China, and then it traveled you know it traveled around the world, kind of made its way to uh, the United States. I mean the first um, the first point of uh, connection in the United States was actually from my research was President Reagan when he was diagnosed with, uh, was it stomach cancer? Yeah. And uh, somebody went out and President Reagan actually carried a bottle of kombucha around uh, the White House. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. So one of my guys actually brought it to me a couple of years ago and, uh, and, and, you know, told me it's a, it's a fermented tea and it's full of B vitamins, probiotics. And I was like, wow, this is you know, if, if it's been around for so long, how come I don't know about it, you know? So I threw it in the fridge, and a couple of days later, opened it up, tried it, and I called him back, and I said, what the heck is this stuff? It's really good. He goes, it's kombucha. It's good for you. He goes, if you like it, it means your body's craving it. I'm like, oh, my God. So <laughs> I need to check this stuff out. I started doing research, and I started making it just like I did homebrew, you know, out of a five-gallon bucket. And kombucha is a little bit different. You don't want to be fermenting it in plastic or, you know, um, certain certain materials. But um, but it's good. And we, we created some recipes and we launched it uh, January of 2016. Here we are almost two, uh, you know, here we are, you know, I don't even know how many months. I can't even do the math these days because I'm trying to keep up with the demand. So so in, in terms of the fermented tea and just uh, from a technical perspective, if if a beer is 5% alcohol by volume, what is the, what's the tea like? Yeah, so tea is fermented with two things, uh, yeast like beer and bacteria. So, um, so really- Not a bad bacteria. Though. No, it's good. It's, that's what gives you the probiotics. It's all about gut health these days. And um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a little bit of a different beast. Um, it's not considered an alcohol beverage, uh, adult beverage, although it can be. There's some, there's some breweries now that are spiking it up, um, you know, but, but again, when you think about, when you think about like what kombucha's got, it's, it's very low on calories, very low on carbs. Um, you know, half a bottle of our turmeric rose is 10 calories, you know, two grams of sugar. I mean, it is, and it's carbonated. It's, you know, it's got the B vitamins, B vitamin, B12 is off the charts. I think it's like 3,200% of daily recommended value. When you look at B vitamin alone, B vitamins are the most sought after vitamins in the country. For, for guys, for people over 50 years old, there's a huge deficiency. Something, That's you, something Tim. Like. That's you. <laughs> Just Thanks so. a lot, Mark. Um, so where's kombucha going now? I mean, I know, are do I understand you're starting a, a campaign to try and find additional funding to be able to grow that business yeah. as well? Yeah, we're doing this thing called a PPM. It's kind of like the reverse of a IPO. So it's a private placement memorandum. We're raising money for, um, uh, for a new brewery. Uh, the, the efficiencies that we've got right now are terrible. Um, it's amazing that we're doing what we're doing today, um, and we need, to, we need to upgrade our facility. So we're selling off, uh, we're selling off equity. Tim, you got a lot going on. So how are how are you managing growth? I mean, because uh, you know, I, having been involved a little bit with you from a marketing side and things, you guys are m- moving a million miles an hour. Exactly. And I right, and I I, th- I think that you know, like most entrepreneurs, by the way, but you guys got a lot, and you're trying to figure out what's next. What has been the secret? I mean, not to say that you aren't a little bit frazzled and always trying to figure it out, but how do you remain focused? Um, you just got to keep your goals in front of you, and you got to have that 
that, you know, driving personality that says, you know what, either I'm going to die or I'm going to get this done. And, you know, that's just the way it is. I hope you don't die. <laughs> Me too. You know, get these calls from my daughter, slow it down. But, uh, but yeah, it's seven days a week. And no, I don't watch football. <laughs> So, so let me let me go back to the kombucha for a second. Mm -hmm. In is that part of your farm license, or is no, it? No, it's totally different. As a matter of fact, we split the um, the kombucha off of the brewery because we wanted to raise you know equity. We're not we're not we're not raising equity for the brewery. The brewery is what it is. Um, the kombucha was born of the brewery, but um, but yeah, it's it's actually called Fairport Beverage Company uh, at this point. And, and that's what's doing the kombucha. And, and we're just focused on kombucha. Yeah, you talked about focus being so important. So talk about the, you know, let's talk about five years down the road, right? What does Fairport Brewing Company look like five years down the road? I mean, I, I know you're a visionary guy, so you had to have thought about it. And what does the kombucha brand and, and uh, Fairport Beverage Group uh, look like? Well, the, the brewery is what I'm going to retire into at some point, five years down the road. Um, you know, I, I see us with maybe a 12-barrel system. Um, we're actually going to be moving both businesses um, as soon as we get our funding together. and um, Moving uh, the, the, the manufacturing. Okay, yeah, 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 manufacturing, yeah. Which, is, which is a nightmare in right. itself, um, considering, you know, you've got the federal government and the state um, as business partners, if you will. Um, you got to cross a lot of T's and dot a lot of I's. But... Uh, um, five years down the road, I, I hope to be retired into the. In, I mean, this this kombucha thing is so big right now. It's the fastest growing segment of the functional beverage category in America. Northeast hasn't even been touched. So, um, we're we are. And you are in Wegmans too. We are. Now, right? We're in Wegmans. We have distribution lined up for for all of Wegmans, all of Tops, all of Price Chopper, and about six hundred and fifty other mom and pops. Um, and who's I guess out in, selling that, Tim? Are you, or are you working through distributors or? Yeah, I, yeah, it, was, it started out with me, of course. Um, and, and of course, I'm the guy in charge. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, we're not selling right now. We're just trying to keep up. I, I mean, the last thing you want to do with Wegmans, they're a fantastic organization, um, is, is over promise and under deliver. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm really focused on, on meeting our, our objectives, and like I said, we're picking up like, you know, twenty more stores in uh, in a few days here. So, and I know on the brewing side, Fairport Brewing side, um, obviously it's a Fairport Brewing Company, and all the brands are associated with Fairport. Does that limit you on where you can put another location, or can you model this or franchise it? Have you talked about? I mean, yeah, we're you've got the model it. now yeah. that you know can work. But what? How do you expand the location outside of Fairport? Is there that opportunity? There is. There is. It's just like Seattle coffee. You know, I mean, start out in Seattle, it's, you know, can be a lot of different places, but it, that's all part of branding. And that's what I'm going to rely on you for, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> you notice he didn't look at me. <laughs> you can help him count the money he's going to make. The, uh, if, you know, the classic question that, that a lot of people have asked me is, you know, I started a business 27 years ago and you get that kind of a uh, question where people go, would you do it again? And if you did do it again, would you do it different than what you've done? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes to all of the above. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because every day you're in business for yourself, 
you learn more and more and more. I mean, it's just, it's inevitable. You never know what life is going to throw you tomorrow. So sure, you could be smarter about it. You know, um, when we started the brewery, it was, it was grassroots. It was, you know, starting in plastic, graduating to stainless steel, and then growing it from there using some creative stuff. And that, and that's fun. I was talking to one of my advisors this morning who, uh, who built an $80 million company and sold it uh, probably about six or seven years ago. And, and you know, he's, he's actually consulting these days. And he was telling me that, you know, some of these guys, you get tired. You do. You get tired because the infrastructure is so overwhelming. I mean, just doing this kombucha thing is it's overwhelming. I mean, everywhere you turn. I spent an hour before this on the phone with New York State sales tax. We don't collect sales tax because we're doing everything wholesale, but we have to do it anyhow. I spent an hour on the phone with them and I was almost late coming here, you know, not on the phone with them, waiting for them to pick up the phone. Well, those you know, are, I mean, that's just, that's killer. Those are the modern day challenges of being the <laughs> entrepreneur is how do you get you, how do you figure out your way through the system? And what people think oftentimes is very easy, like getting a, a brewery license and getting registered with New York State Department of Taxation and Finance. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of those things that people think are like, hey, you put a little, little bit of information into a website and you're good to go. Right. And it's, it's not really that, that case. It's a lot bigger than that. I mean, you can, you can build a website business and sit at home and, and hope for the best. But, you know, any consumer beverages, you have to be engaging. You have to engage your customer. And you've got to be looking everywhere. You know, you're always looking around like, you know, what's the next bottleneck? That's interesting because I know you guys have done a phenomenal job on social media. How has that helped you uh, really drive that business? Um, it's actually been amazing. Actually, we got an early start on it, you know, with Facebook, and we accumulated a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of people that follow us. And now we have, you know, now we have their their, you know, we have a way to communicate with right. them. It's probably you know? your primary means of communication, right? They Absolutely. want to know who's playing that night. Absolutely, You're putting social it on that morning. Let me so. tell you, social media is huge. You can build a business just on social media. You know, if you got the right product. Um, I was talking to a potential investor over the weekend. He sells uh, beauty supplies on the web, and Instagram is their their number one. You know, doing contests and engaging the customer. I said, "How many people are following you?" We have like two thousand on Instagram. He goes, "He goes, yeah. Well, we just started this like you know a couple months ago. We're over we're over forty thousand people. So that's you know that's that's some sort of equity that you can't put a you can't put money on it. You can't you can't put a price on it, but it's huge. It's Mark, huge. Mark, you got to be careful how many beers you have there because Tim is usually going around with his camera taking video of that I night. do. I, I know he I does. I do. I love, I love doing that. You know, doing a live feed, you know, for our Facebook people. I mean, it's kind of cool. I mean. Well, it's, it, it's all a part of the experience. And people, people want great products, but there needs to be an experience behind right. it. And there needs to be an experience that they feel like they're connected. That's to. absolutely what they built at uh, Fairport Brewing. We, we had a lot of help. A lot of help, and you can't forget, you know, all those people that pitched in and and um, you know helped make us what we are today. I think I mean, it has a lot to do with the community. I mean, I think this is. community embrace wanted to see you succeed, and we wanted to embrace the community. And and now, you know, they get it. They get it. We're doing that, and they helped us out. And you know, it's just kind of a it's kind of a neat relationship. Well, as you like to say at the end of your, uh, uh, you know, Facebook and text on your website and things. Cheers, Tim. Congratulations. Cheers. Thanks. From Mark Blood and Tim Mason, 
Thanks for listening to this edition of Blood, Sweat, and Tim. We hope you'll keep putting your blood, sweat, and tears into your business and that you'll join us for our next BST podcast.